and yeah. then we made fresh sushi with the fish we just caught and that's when my brain was like oh my god you can live like this like this is a possibility this this exists this is out there like I could have a life where at night I I throw a line catch my own fish grill it on my barbecue and just have that for dinner for free and I was just fascinated and that's when this like crazy journey of okay I need to learn everything I can about sailing I need to meet people who sail I need to go on Facebook sailing Facebook group I need to start watching sailing YouTube videos like I went full-on obsessed and I think that's how people need to be for their dreams and their goals is that if you ever wanted to like become your reality you gotta immerse yourself in it guys, welcome to the Blue Rose Podcast, where the focus is moving towards things that feel good. Every week, we explore different topics in outdoors, travel, balance, wellness, with the common theme of following your passions. Join me, your host, as I share stories from all over the world. This podcast is all about embracing new experiences and turning the ordinary into the extraordinary. for coming on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you. I know that I kind of know you, but why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to listeners and tell us a little about what you're up to. Okay, yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Becca. So my name is Vicky. I'm a digital nomad. I'm Canadian and I escaped the cold Canadian winters to just cruise the Caribbean seas on my sailboat. So I got into sailing um, about four years ago and then just did everything in my power to make this dream come true. And now I live full time on my sailboat uh, while I work online. And what do you do online? I have uh, four different streams of income. One of them is supporting people who want to have a similar lifestyle as me. So I'm part of a coaching collective where there's nine of us, nine certified coaches who help people build and scale their remote-based businesses. So that's one of the ways that I make money. I also do like short form videos on a wellness app. I also have my own networking app for French entrepreneurs. So Francophones, they could be from Quebec, Belgium, France, uh, just anywhere in the world where you speak French, really. And um, yeah, all those streams of income allow me to sustain my current lifestyle. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. And how, what was kind of your journey to get to this point? Like you said, you, you know, started sailing four years ago, but where did this love of travel, this need of travel come from? And kind of how did you get from point A to point B? Because like, it, it obviously doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think I... I believe that people who don't like to travel, that's going to be a really bold, like unpopular opinion. And I've actually never said that nowhere before today. So I don't know why it's coming up, but okay. I believe that people who don't like to travel or people who have unresolved trauma are people who need to do personal development. I feel like if you don't enjoy travel, it's because change makes you anxious it's because you like staying in your comfort zone it's because you lack curiosity so I just feel like anybody who's well uh, anybody who can handle change anybody who likes to get out of their comfort zone anybody who's curious loves to travel um so I've always been curious and I've always wanted to travel like that's always been present for me and obviously I love the outdoors I love water like I was very much raised hiking mountains canoeing kayaking all that sort of stuff and then in 2019 I went on a charter trip Thomas you rent a boat with the skipper so you pay to like live on a sailboat and kind of experience sailing for a week and that's when it clicked I just fell in love with it like I remember that day we went spearfishing so spearfishing is like when you hunt underwater so you have a spear in your hand with like a rubber band and you pull on it so your spear hits um lobsters or fish right and cut the fish on the rock and yeah. then we made fresh sushi with the fish we just caught and that's when my brain was like oh my god you can live like this like this is a possibility this this exists this is out there like I could have a life where at night I I throw a line 
catch my own fish, grill it on my barbecue and just have that for dinner for free. And I was just fascinated. And that's when this like crazy journey of, okay, I need to learn everything I can about sailing. I need to meet people who sail. I need to go on Facebook, sailing Facebook group. I need to start watching sailing YouTube videos. Like I went full on obsessed. And I think that's how people need to be for their dreams and their goals is that if you ever wanted to like become your reality, you got to immerse yourself in it. And, um, yeah. And then we, I found my dream boat on Facebook marketplace, <laughs> um, messaged the, the, the sellers, the people who were selling, uh, did a virtual like zoom visit, uh, asked someone in the Caribbean to go and visit the boat to make sure it was good and safe. And then booked a one-way flight to Trinidad and Tobago and met, met my new home. Wow. <laughs> And so in the process of all of this, right, so you're going full in on learning how to sail. How are you making an income at this point? Like, are you, do you have everything that you're doing now and you're still balancing that with like this need to learn to sail or were you doing something a little different? Yeah, very, very different. So at the time I used to coach high level sports team. So I was coaching artistic swimming. You see kind of the pattern with water, swimming. Yeah, yeah, nautical vibes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was always by a pool deck, you know, spend my whole winters by a pool deck. So yeah, coaching high-level sports team. Like I used to coach teams all the way to international competition, which, which is, I think sports is the foundation of my mindset when it comes to like goal setting, visualization, um, discipline, habit building right these are all things that you have to do when you do high level sports and I used to help my athletes yes physically but at a very high level um you're a team of coaches helping the athletes it's never just you right there's going to be a physiotherapist a strength and conditioning specialist a nutritionist a massage therapist a sports psychologist a choreographer because in artistic swimming you, you get a choreographer um, so you're a whole team of experts gravitating around the athletes and helping them get the best results. And I think that's why I love the business model that I'm in right now, because I see entrepreneurs very much like athletes. And I love that I can collaborate with other experts because when we come all together, um, we're able to best support them. Right. So that's what I was doing full time. And then when the pandemic hit, um, everyone went back home and I went a little bit crazy because I was working 80 hours a week and I started working zero hours a week so I volunteered um in Canada we were really struggling when it comes to our health services so I volunteered to go in the long-term care facilities so I worked for five months as a caregiver so I helped I did just about everything you know changing diapers uh, brushing people's teeth um holding their hand as they passed mm -hmm. um which really kind of gave me even more that urgency of, okay, I need to make my dream possible. And, you know, during the night shift, I would like watch my sailing videos and just kind of focus on that vision. And that's when my partner said, why don't we start making an income online? And this whole sailing dream of yours doesn't have to be just a one year trip. It could be a lifestyle. Um, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then started to build an income online. I did a cup. I tried a couple of things before really finding my sweet spot and that's when I met the Zenial Traveler and they were like, yeah, we're looking for a mindset coach on our team. And so I showed them all the training I had, all the experiences I had coaching high level sports team. And, uh, and, and I got that job and that was my first like stable stream of income online. Okay. So did you spend, well, first of all, that's just incredible. Again, I'm wondering too, like during this dream and stuff, you're saying that you, you spent a lot of time thinking about it and researching it and putting yourself into that dream to make sure that like it was going to happen. So, you know, for people that, like you said, people that are afraid, they're afraid to leave their comfort zone. They are afraid to travel. How do you, how would you recommend you start? Like you have this just big dream of like, I want to do this, but it seems so far away. And you're just like, I, oh, that couldn't be me. But, you know, I saw a post on your Instagram and it was like, I want them to be like, if she can do it, I can do it. And I was like, but that's true though. Like if, if some human can do it, why, why not you? And so like, how do you get started on that 
path of trying to believe that what you see in your visions can be a reality? I, I think you already said the answer. Like you're spot on. The first thing to do if you have a crazy big dream that scares you, whether it's to have a goat farm, to climb Mount Everest, to start your own podcast, find someone who's done it. Find mm -hmm. someone who's done it, send a DM to that person, send an email and just be like, hey, you inspire, inspire me so much. Where, where should I start? What's my first step? I want to do what you did. And meeting this person not only will give you direction as to what your first steps should be, your first baby steps, mm -hmm. but also that's what's going to reinforce the belief that it's possible for you. Because the more people you meet that have done it, the more it's going to feel possible, feel attainable, right? And the other thing is that you need to make a promise to yourself. Like you need to commit to yourself. Best example I always give for this is, I don't know if any of your listeners have kids, but I'm sure people can like imagine themselves having kids. Um, if your kid after four weeks doesn't walk yet, are you just going to say, oh, too bad. We'll push this one in a wheelchair. Of course not. Like you're going to do freaking everything in your power to make that child walk. You're going to like hold his hand. You're going to find a walking therapist. You're going to show him other kids that are walking. Like you're going to do everything you can until this kid walks. And it's the same attitude you need to have towards your dream. Like we are so good at giving up on ourselves. And I feel like humans lack so much self-trust because we don't view our relationship with ourselves uh, as the same as we see a relationship with our friends, right? I feel like our desire to be loved by others often overpowers our desire to be loved by ourselves. Um, so yeah, find someone who's done it. I'm kind of getting all over the place now, but find someone who's done it. Build your sense, of, commit to yourself, commit to your dream, build yourself a self-trust by doing small, the smallest action like if you say you're going to give up, you're going to get up at 7 a.m. tomorrow, get up at 7 a.m. tomorrow. It's those little things that build your trust in yourself that then allow you to do bigger things. And then just try to look for, okay, what is the smallest thing I can do today to get me closer to my dream? If my dream is to have a goat farm, well, the, the smallest thing I could do today is probably find a book about goats because I know absolutely nothing about goats. Find a book and read it. Just like always ask yourself this question, what's the smallest thing I can do today to get closer to my goal? And then those small actions become bigger actions and, and you know, the, the little snowball becomes a big ball and then it becomes a full snowman. But did you find that your progress was kind of linear in this process or did you find that you had like, oh, I'm like making progress and then, oh, there's that. And then I'm, you know, like a little setback here and there. Did you find that it was overall linear or was it kind of a bumpy, bumpy road? Oh, very, I think very much a bumpy road, right? There, there were months where I was enrolled in, let's say, electricity for boats, right? It was a course, three hours a week for 11 weeks and you have exercises and homework and you need to study and there's an exam at the end like in these months I felt like I was making crazy progress and then the course ends and you're kind of like back to oh shoot what's what's next what's the next step um and then you're back into this like in limbo thing where your life just kind of continues and your dream is maybe more on the back burner um so no it's definitely bumpy but it's good to kind of stop by every month or every three months or every six months and be like okay what progress have I done in the last um six months and what kind of progress do I want to do in the next six months mm -hmm. which again is very kind of connected to my sports mindset right KPIs okay what progress have my athletes made which areas do I need to is it more flexibility is it more strength is it more power speed like what abilities do I need to work on in the next quarter just remember that progress is progress like big progress doesn't have more value than small progress, right? What you want is just to be compassionate with yourself and just like every step forward that you're making is a step forward. If if this week you only made one step and next week it's 10 steps, that's absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. What are, So these lull phases though that you're kind of talking about of like, oh, like I did this course and then I did this and then you're like kind of like, what do I do now? How did you kind of, 
trust in the fact that like the next thing that you needed to do would would come along because I think those are the periods that I struggle with the most right I think it's everyone you get you're so on it and you're so consistent and you're like this I can feel it it's so close and then you get to a period of like what the heck am I even doing where am I supposed to go what is my next step and I find it very hard sometimes to locate what that next thing is so how did you kind of navigate that and like did you find that person that was out there living on their sailboat and you were like you inspire me so much so I'm gonna just kind of like latch myself on to you is that kind of what you did as well oh yeah oh yeah I found and at the time when I decided I was gonna move on a sailboat I did not have a partner so I was looking specifically for solo female sailors okay and I found some I found several you know right now just now on Netflix there's True Spirit which is Jessica Watson which is an Australian uh, she she did circumnavigation. She went around the world unassisted at 16 years old. She has an incredible story. If you don't follow her on Instagram and all that, like I definitely recommend people do so. I met Sophie, who Sophie is in her 40s now. She when I met her, she was in Puerto Rico on her boat. Two hurricanes passed on her boat, and she had cancer. She had to send her kids. She has kids, so she sent back with family. And Quebec, while she got treated for her cancer and then moved back on her boat in Puerto Rico alone, sailed and waited to be healthy before her kids could come back. I read the book of Liz Clark, Liz Clark, which is a solo female sailor who wanted to look for the best surfing spots. And she wrote the super inspiring book. Um, follow her on Instagram as well. And like, you know, I there's other people that are not in sailing that inspired me as well, like Valentine Thomas, who quit the big corporate lawyer world to become a professional spearfisher. And now she makes her income selling the fish that she catches and cookbooks of how to like cook a fish with just about nothing on a beach. Um so yeah, definitely that's one thing I did. Now, when you talk about like waves of doubt, I feel like people and that's a big thing in, in personal development. People think that people think that you always need to be in high vibrations. People think that uh, you're supposed to always be positive. People think that you're always supposed to have clarity and know what's coming up. But I think the one of the biggest lessons that I learned living on the boat is actually that everything is temporary. That really big dark cloud and me wondering how my boat is going to get through the next hour is temporary. The engine that is broken is temporary. The current that is pushing us the three knots in the wrong direction is temporary. And so are your waves of doubt and fear and, and uncertainty. And to be honest, most of the time, if I stopped resisting those waves and I just welcomed them being like, okay, this week is going to be full of doubt and uncertainty. And it happens to me even now on the boat sometimes with entrepreneurship. There are ways that I'm like, I have no idea what's coming up for me in business. I have this problem and I can't see the solution yet. Usually if I just sit in my bed, burn my self-care candle, watch the Hunger Games, two days later, everything is fine. So when I stopped like blaming myself for having waves of uncertainty, when I stopped judging myself for having waves of uncertainty, when I stopped trying to create a rhythm that is different to my own personal rhythm mm -hmm. suddenly it stopped being so difficult yeah I think that's something I've definitely started to learn a little bit more is that like to appreciate the bad or like not even the bad just appreciate the low because you can't appreciate the really good and the really high if you don't acknowledge the fact that like you know what it's like to feel super low because the reason you know how to feel good is because you know what it's like to feel low and it's hilarious that you mentioned hunger game is that not everyone's go-to I'm feeling down movie because one of my best friends and I she like she was sick like the other week and she was like I'm just gonna watch all the hunger games and drink tea and I was like but it is a movie that I put on repeat all the time that was good yeah I did it a couple of weeks ago like two or three weeks ago I had a a day where I just didn't feel like working and I just sat and I watched three of them three of the series in one day <laughs> oh my gosh I love that have you read the books uh yes yes good books good good I like dystopian 
dystopian stories. I think it just takes me out of my reality a little bit. And... Yeah. How, how long have you been traveling now? So you've been traveling for like a year, but you've traveled before this as well. So you've been on your sailboat for nine months. Yeah, exactly. When we left. So the thing is that we purchased the boat April 1st, 2022. Okay. Um, But we knew that it was hurricane season from like end of May. So we did not want to move on our boat and then repair it and then just kind of hang out in a boatyard for three months. Didn't feel really appealing to us. So we sold all of our belongings, sold our car, said goodbye to our apartment, to our families. And then we left for South Korea. And then we spent some time in South Korea and then some time in Europe. And then we flew back to Canada, did a little bit of a road trip, did like the East Coast, uh, went down to the States, Boston. And then we flew from Montreal to Trinidad in September 1st. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So how did it feel selling all your belongings? I forgot about this piece. Yeah. How was, how was that? Uh, you're talking about waves and bumpy road. That was definitely one of them. Like some days it felt so good. So liberating. So cleansing um definitely like detaching from objects feels really good but also yeah I think it felt pretty good most of the process and then the day that we left the apartment and that all of our belongings were in our car I remember I have a video of this we sat in a coffee shop and we had our first like nomad meal but even though my brain rationally, like my rational was super excited and happy, my body freaked out. Like after two hours in the cafe, I told my partner, like, I need to go back to the car because it's like, I feel like a homeless person, you know, like a homeless person that has one bag with all of your belongings. And suddenly this bag becomes so freaking precious. Mm-hmm. And uh, we walked back to the car and I just puked. I threw up in the parking lot. My body was like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are all of your belongings gone? Why do you have no place to sleep in tonight? What is going on? And it's just like my body was shaking. And mentally, I was able to say, like, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. But my body was dysregulated. So it took me like a good week to just kind of, yeah, feel safe, create a sense of safety within my body and be like, hey, we're going to be fine. I got this. Trust me. It's going to be okay. Um, and then, I mean, from like the moment we left for South Korea to the moment we got on the boat, we never spent more than three nights in the same spot. So when we arrived in our boat on September 1st, we were exhausted because it was over a hundred days of not sleeping in the same bed for more than three nights. Um, so yeah, we needed a lot of like routines, grounding techniques, breathing exercises, not even for or rational but just for the unconscious mind to be like hey I know this looks crazy but it's worth it mm-hmm. so that's kind of how you have kept your groundedness during all of this because that's something that I'm always very curious about because I know when I travel for very long periods of time I come to a point where I'm just like I feel like I'm floating and I feel like I don't know how to help myself feel like I belong somewhere and I'm like it's it's an interesting thing when you can think and be like I could go anywhere in the world right now I can do anything that I want but like I like what do I do I don't know what to do and and there's this piece of you that wants that like I want a home and I want somewhere to go home to but when you don't have that it feels very just it feels very hard sometimes to be like okay yeah like I'm this is my dream and this is what I wanted but now I feel like I'm floating so but you have a boat now so that's kind of different that is your that is your home but before that you know were you like I need a place to to call home did you ever feel like that oh um yeah 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 definitely (laughs) I never felt like I needed a home Um, because home is a concept right it's very different than a house Um, so you have to build kind of like home within you have very strong like roots and uh, what I would say is like one thing that really helped me was to build safety nets around that right you anticipate that you know that that feeling of floating and detachment and uncertainty is going to arrive so 
you need to have safety nets that you put in place before. Um, and this can take many shapes and form. Like one thing we did before leaving on the boat was when we had a goodbye party, we brought a notebook that said like love notes to feel close while we're far. Mm. And every single one of our friends and family members left us a note. And whenever I feel disconnected, I open that notebook and I read it and I remember that I'm loved and supported and guided. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the safety nets we did. My partner and I, we did couples therapy, not because our couple wasn't going well. Uh, we did it preventively because we knew that there would be times where our nervous system would be such a high alert and we needed to be a better team and better communicators. Um, I did a lot of journaling, you know, and I, kind of created routines that no matter where I am in the world, I can always go back to those routines. So all of those little safety things that you can think of that you can put in place before departure, I think really, really, really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like Brené Brown says this, you know, to belong somewhere, you first need to belong to yourself. So I worked on my relationship with myself first and foremost and I think that's what makes this possible um sustainable is the right word and do you think that was like because I when did you and your partner get together uh a little bit over three years ago okay so did you do you think a lot of that self-development was prior to getting together or do you think it's kind of just been a process as well along with having someone in your life because it is a very different thing you know, my mom always jokes with me. She's like, I want you to find a boyfriend so that way you have someone to travel with. And I know that's just my mom being like, oh, my my baby won't be by herself. But it is a very different thing traveling by yourself than it is with anyone else. And like, I've always just pretty much solo traveled. I've never had that other person. So I am curious, like how that is different and how do you maintain that strong relationship with yourself while also trying to maintain this relationship with another person. Yeah. Oh, well, I think it definitely facilitates, well, it facilitates travel in certain aspects and then it complicates it because you're never 100% allowed to do exactly what it is that you want to do. Um, just in terms of logistics, But at the same time, whenever you feel lonely or whenever you need reassurance or whenever you just need someone else, Ben is really well-traveled. So I think he also really helped me through this process because he's gone through it several times. And um, yeah, another thing, another thing that in terms of like safety nets that I did was that once a week I had an alarm on my phone to connect with a friend or a relative. Like every Friday, I have an hour where I just send voice memos to my grandma, my dad, my mom, ask them how they're doing so that I maintain that connection. And it's the kind of super easy thing that if it's not in your routine, you just won't do it because you're traveling and you're going through all these amazing things. Um, But it's really good to like maintain connections, even with just old friends. Just have one moment every week where you commit to connecting with um, maintain not connecting but maintaining that bond that you have with people that you love so that really 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 helps I would say yeah mm-hmm. and I'm curious if your parents your family your friends were they supportive of this whole um, moving on a boat and I know that I did read to that one of the things that really helped you you know was being okay with disappointing people And I'm, yeah, I'm wondering about just that in general, because that is such a hard thing to accept and acknowledge and just, it allows you to step into yourself a lot more, but it's very difficult to deal with. So I'm wondering, have you dealt with a lot of disappointment from people? Yeah. Um, Well, recently, two, two weeks ago, um, my grandmother had a stroke Mm. and I'm I see myself very much as a pillar in my family. I'm the oldest like grandchild. So the other, you know, grandchildren kind of look up to me in the family and um, my dad remarried. So my sister's 10 years younger. So I'm very much like a parent figure or a mentor figure for my little sister as well. And my little brother. So it was really tough to be away 
and I knew that this, I knew when I left that this kind of thing could happen and that it was part of the deal, but I do, no one said that they were disappointed that I was away, but I felt very far from my family and very powerless in the last two weeks. And when she woke up from the stroke, she couldn't speak. She, it's like she, it affected her frontal lobe and it affected her language area. So she can't, like, she couldn't make any sounds. She couldn't say any of her names. You could see that she recognizes us because I FaceTimed her from my boat and she started crying and she was like sending me kisses, but she couldn't, she couldn't communicate, right? Her needs or anything. Um, so yeah, so my family's been going every single day, like every single family member, we're all in a group chat and everybody's posting videos on her progress. And I sent her videos of like me singing in her first language with subtitles, just kind of hoping to do my part. And then, you know, my sister called me because she needed someone to talk to. My cousin called me because she needed someone to talk to. And it's tough. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's tough. It's tough. And I need to be responsibilize myself of my choice like no one forced me to move on a sailboat at the other end of the world um it was my choice so I'm I'm okay with it and I'm learning to be I'm learning to be okay with being away and I'm learning to contribute in the way that I can and I'm learning to be sad away from the people that I love mm -hmm. so I just had to pause my work day and think how how do I need to how can I honor myself today so I went and I got myself soup and I uh, loves to eat, which is chips dipped in whipped Philadelphia. So I got, I was in Martinique. So I got like whipped, some whipped cream cheese and another brand of chips. But I just had that with soup and I cried and I honored my sadness and I made room for my sadness. And, and yesterday my dad sent me a video of her saying my name for the first time. Oh, um yeah <laughs> so you know it's it's tough but it's life and like you said earlier like sadness is a part of life as much as happiness is and why have a happy life when you can have a whole life yeah wow that it is I think that is like the scariest thought though when you do end up doing something like that is because the last time I came home from Europe my mindset was like my brother's probably gonna get married soon and maybe they're gonna have a kid soon and I was like do I my parents were getting older like do I want to be that far away when and if something happens but then you know you come home and I'm like but wait I am so much more of a person when I'm doing the things that I love and so I'm like do I sacrifice half of my life just to you know be there for the people that I love or do I live fully into what I want and what I desire and just have to live with those consequences but also do the best that I can like you're saying to support those people when those things happen because that's going to happen whether I'm in a state away or a country away the difference is if I have to fly home maybe I can get there quicker which sometimes does make a difference but those things are kind of inevitable if if you're a human so yeah yeah I mean you can you can live in fear that something's gonna happen and then like I think one thing that really shaped me as a human was uh you know my parents split up and I know I'm sure a lot of your listeners have like divorced or separated parents that's not that's not where I'm going my parents split up when I was five. And when I was in my early 20s, my mom said, uh, you know, I, I did it for you. And it made me so freaking angry when I heard her say this. I was like, do not like this is not my responsibility. I was five years old. And like she was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Let me explain. And she said, I was looking at you. I was unhappy with your dad. My dad is a wonderful human. My parents get along like that's not. There's no like violent story or anything in this, but my mom was unhappy because she didn't like the version of herself that she was with my dad. She didn't like, she admired him so much that she kind of lost herself through the relationship and she didn't, it was not a relationship that made her flourish or anything. 
And she said, I was kind of staying with him because I thought, oh, it's important for a kid to have a stable family, to have two parents. And going back to I did it for you, she said, I was looking at you play and I thought, what kind of example am I as a mom to stay in a relationship that doesn't fulfill me mm-hmm. or someone else for my kid? And she said, the best example I could give for you was to make this tough choice that I know would have a big impact on your life growing up with separated parents, but it would teach you that your happiness always needs to come first. Yeah. So she loved that relationship for herself, but also to show me an example of what it looks like to prioritize yourself and to prioritize your happiness. And now she's in a new relationship and she's super happy. My dad's in a new relationship. He's super happy. And I learned that tough lesson that if I don't prioritize my happiness, no one else is going to prioritize it for me. No one else is going to put me first. So I need to put me first, even if sometimes it's tough, even if sometimes it's me, it means disappointing other people. Yeah, I think I'm still at that point of learning how to deal with the the hurt that, you know, that comes with it or the the because you never want to intentionally hurt someone else but it's a pretty I think just it's a pretty beautiful thing to like hear that from someone that has a few more years of life on me that it it is possible to just like to do it in a way that fulfills you but also just realizing that like it's not out of a place of I'm trying to hurt this person it's just my life has like no one is going to put me first and and I have to so I think that's quite a beautiful lesson and good for your mom honestly I mean you that's not a story you hear every day, like in my mind, when you said that, when you were like, I did this for you, my mind went to like, she was like angry at you or something because like, she's like, I did this for you and you didn't appreciate it or something yeah. like that. Because I think that's what you hear more often than, than not. So. Yeah. Oh no. She inspires me so much in her way to, in her way to like understand relationships and happiness and, um, even like a couple years ago, we were sitting on our front on our front porch. I love saying that story so much. So if you're listening to this, like record this in a part of your brain. Um, <laughs> we were sitting on her front porch or something, having a glass of wine, and she goes, "You know, Vicky, my partner." And like I said, she's in a super happy relationship. She's been with this guy for over ten years now, and she says, um, "My boyfriend, he's not the most handsome. He's not the richest." You know, he's not like the smartest man in the world. He's a little bit grumpy sometimes. But my version of myself with him, oh, that's my favorite. Mm. And it it just, it made me realize how different I approach relationships now. Because when I meet new friends, I don't think like, oh my God, this person is awesome or this person has a lot of money or this person can teach me so much. No, how does this person make me feel about myself? Do I love myself when I hang out with this person or do I leave this play date and hate myself? And that's the kind of people I want to surround myself with. That's the kind of relationship I want my partner. I want someone who makes me fall in love with myself. I want to do hobbies and activities that make me fall in love with myself. I want to do work that makes me fall in love with myself. Do I love myself when I complain about the weather? No, I don't love myself when I complain. Do I love myself when I'm with a friend who drags me into unhealthy habits, like bitching other people or talking behind other people's back? No, I don't love myself when I hang out with this person. So who around you make you feel loved by yourself? is a very good question it's interesting that you say that because that's something I was actually talking to my mom about yesterday um just because I was talking to her about some difficult relationships in my life and I was very much like you don't understand I don't like who I am when I'm there and so I don't want to be there and and that hasn't I guess necessarily clicked um for her but hopefully one day it will. But I just think that it's, that's just quite a 
different perspective to think of. And I had a guest on like last week and she was saying that the love that we feel for other people is in us. They just unlocked the key to like the love that we that was in us but they like released it and everyone releases like a different type of love and I thought that was quite beautiful as well because it's like you have everything that you need inside yourself but other people bring it out for you and it's like do you want those people to bring out something beautiful in you or do you want them to bring out the part of you that you you don't want to come out so Mm -hmm. oh my god I love that that's so good that's such a beautiful that's such a beautiful image because and it works for every emotion right your anger is inside of you your sadness is inside of you and I love those approaches to life that are very connected to self-responsibility you know Mm -hmm. when you are just honor again honor your potential honor your sadness honor your happiness honor your love it's just right in there Yeah, well, and I think, was it, I think I was listening to a podcast the other day or something and, you know, they were talking about how, you know, you're living this life, right? You're living your dream. And it kind of just goes back to the idea of you saying that everyone expects you to be super positive all the time. And you're saying, you know, like, just because I'm living my dream and I fulfilled my passions, it like doesn't mean that I don't get to feel sad and I don't get to feel emotions and to get to feel everything that comes with life because it's like you're gonna you take yourself with you wherever you go and that's not gonna change um I think that was something that I really it was hard for me to learn as well because I used to feel a lot of shame and like embarrassment or just anger with myself when I was in another country doing the thing that I had dreamed of doing and then I was like why am I so angry right now why am I so sad right now and and it's those things that may really make you realize you know like I I exist I'm human and I'm also allowed to feel these things whether or not you want to hear it this is how I feel so oh yeah oh my god yes 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 just like amen I just I'm so uh triggered by online coaches who are like I'm gonna teach you to control your emotions I'm like girl emotions are physiological movement they're literally like when you think about it like what is an emotion it's stuff moving inside of your body it's your organs like contracting expanding it's your 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 cardiac like rhythm your heart's your heartbeat getting faster it's you starting to sweat that's not something you can control that's something you can welcome. Like, I do believe that we have power over our thoughts, like choosing what to think about. And we have power over our behaviors. We have power over our habits. But controlling your emotion, like, I'm sorry. Well, may, I don't know. Maybe I'm super, I'm being judgy and like, it is possible. But I feel like for me, it's been all about welcoming. And when I can welcome, I can process. And then I can quickly move to another state another feeling but I don't feel like repressing or forcing yourself to be always positive is the key or the solution to anything no I feel like the word control makes me feel like that would make me angrier and more frustrated because like what you're saying welcoming seems very kind and gentle but like controlling makes me feel like I'm not okay because I feel sad and that's, have you ever seen the movie Inside Out? Yes, it's so good. It's so good. Like, <laughs> I literally, that is also one of my go-to movies when I'm like feeling down because it's just such a good reminder that that it just all exists. And when I think of like being sad or when I think of being angry, I like to think of the little characters and it just like immediately puts me in a good mood. I'm okay being sad because sadness is so funny. Like in the movie she's hilarious so anyways (laughs) yes well that's what we need more of because inside out inside out to me is a perfect example of emotional literacy you know people talk a lot about emotional intelligence but before emotional intelligence there's emotional awareness like are you even able to like recognize in your body like oh I'm feeling doubt today and then to be able to say 
it is doubt and not shame or hate or anger is emotional literacy. Like, are you able to name your emotions? Are you able to describe the whole spectrum with like precision um, and just labeling how you feel that's proven like scientifically in neuroscience to be able to label how you feel um, reduces like the physical symptoms of your emotion. If it's uh, like, let's say like they ask like people that are, they like track the brain frequencies of people that are sad and having them say, oh yeah, I am sad, kind of like cooled down the emotion, but having someone say, oh yeah, I'm feeling super happy or ecstatic actually like did the opposite effect. Like it enhanced their experience within their body. So I thought that was absolutely fascinating. So yeah, more emotional literacy, more emotion, emotional awareness so that we can be more emotionally intelligent. Yeah, emotional vocabulary is very important. Being able to communication is honestly communication with yourself communication with the world people is so important and I mean when you said that too it's like as a female as well I'm sure you've experienced the the issues of like self-love and body image and all of that stuff and that is also so linked to just what you tell yourself on a daily basis like if you wake up every day and you tell yourself that you're ugly you're gonna feel ugly but if you wake up every day and you tell yourself that you are beautiful you will literally start to feel like the most beautiful person in the world and like all it takes is just like that little click in your brain to be like okay I'm telling myself this and it's gonna happen so 100% yeah but anyways I do want to be respectful of your time um I could talk to you forever but I do want to ask you one last question well a few actually maybe um I want you to tell people where they can find you and all that good stuff but I also want to know funnest place you've ever visited and like really fun travel story off the top of your head yeah um okay (laughs) the funnest (laughs) travel story that comes to my mind right now is when we were in Grenada and we had a really rough couple of days we had no more engine no more engine means no more way to move the boat and no more fresh water and because we had no more engine there was no way to go fill the boat with fresh water because we can run the engine and it was kind of cloudy and rainy for three days our solar panel were not enough to power the electricity on the boat so we had no more electricity mm-hmm. no more electricity means no more fridge no more way to charge our electronics and then our dinghy our zodiac like the way to get to land we lost the floor so we had no more ways to get to land we had no more fresh water we had no more electricity from our fridge and then we ran out of data so we had no more phones or internet and then there is a big rust patch on the bottom of the boat so I had to do some like underwater epoxy and I accidentally swallowed some of it and that's not that's not really good for you like I got like a super intense migraine I got really 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 sick so I'm in bed just kind of like surviving that week Right. And my partner's like, oh, I'm going to try to do something helpful. I'm going to wash the compost toilet because we have a compost toilet on board. And so he goes out at sea at night. Obviously, you don't wash your toilet in the middle of the day with everybody watching. So it's like 7 or 8 p.m. He's washing the toilet and he drops it by accident. So we lost. Yeah, like into the water, like into the sea. So we lost our toilet. And so he wakes me up and he's like, Vicky, I'm so, so sorry. I just lost our compost toilet. And I was like, okay, what do you mean you lost it? He's like, like I dropped it and it's, it's gone. <laughs> um, so we had to poop in buckets for about three days. And I think that, was, <laughs> I think that was like one of the lowest points of my life. <laughs> um I yeah it really like this kind of moments really help you create gratitude for really simple things like being able to poop in a toilet um so after three days we made friends who had scuba equipment on their boats so we borrowed their scuba gear and we found our toilet at the bottom of the sea we brought it back onto the boat and we reinstalled it and now we have a toilet again that is so funny 
like awful, but so funny. That must have been a bonding experience. Um, yeah, it's definitely things like that. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when when shit goes down now, well, not literal shit. Yeah. When like terrible things happen, my partner and I are always like, oh my God, this is going to be such a good story. Just wait for it. It's going to get like, never ask the universe. Is it going to get worse? Because the the universe is going to be like, hold my beer. Just watch me. So never <laughs> ask, like, does it get worse? Because I can tell you it can. It can. I don't know what your situation is, but it can get worse. I Trust me on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, yeah, now whenever something breaks on the boat, we're just like, oh, my God, a good story is coming up. Just wait for it. A good story is coming up. So, That's yeah, that was one of the that's a good way to think about it because then you're like, okay, this sucks right now, but in two days, this will be hilarious. Like when we find our toilet, this is going to be the funniest thing I've ever told anyone. <laughs> exactly. 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 Every time someone leaves the boat, like a friend or boat always says like, make good choices. And if you don't make sure to take photos. <laughs> Oh man, that's hilarious. That just made my day. All right. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time and talking to you. So where can everyone find you? Because I think everyone just needs to go follow this ball of sunshine to achieve all of their goals. Because seriously, I've known you for a week and I'm like, this woman, she's going to like rule the world one day. Well, I mean, so will you. I saw your post on the on the Facebook group. I was like, I'm. I remember messaging. I was like, first of all, we need to be friends. Yeah, you said. <laughs> I'd love to be. I'd love to be a guest on your podcast. But first, mm-hmm. priorities, everybody. But yeah, connect with me. Uh, connect with me on Instagram. I, I live on this platform. My handle is just my name, um, which I'm sure you can find in the show notes or or yeah. wherever. And I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn and kind of TikTok, but I haven't figured the whole TikTok thing yet. So I would say Instagram is the go-to. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Blue Rose Podcast. If you guys are loving these episodes, please don't forget to subscribe on Apple Music and Spotify. You can also find me on Instagram and YouTube at Becca Blue Rose, where episodes are also released with video. Individual episodes with just me are released every Tuesday morning. Episodes with guests are released every Thursday morning. And I am sending you guys good vibes and we'll chat soon.